I've really had a sense in my heart as I've been praying for our nation, praying for us as a church, especially when I say us as the church, I'm talking about the church in Aotearoa. I'm talking about the church in New Zealand. And so what should be a believer's perspective when we vote? Okay, and I know some of you have already voted. Turn the lights on. That's all right. Turn the lights on. Um, I, I know some of you have already voted, but that's all right. But I want you to look at this, and I hope and pray that God will really speak to us and give us a biblical perspective. All right? That's my heart's desire, because He has a plan and a purpose in your life and my life in this nation. Amen. You're not just born to... Uh, to grow up and to do a little bit of things here and there and spend all your life on earth to work, 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 make some money, make some babies and done. No. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He wants you to be the voice in this nation. He wants you to be an influence in this nation. Now the Bible is full of amazing stories of people that have looked and go, who am I? What do I have? I'm the least of my clans. I'm the smallest of the smallest clan. What do I, what can I offer? God doesn't need what you can offer. God wants you to give yourself to him and he's going to use you. Amen. Amen. So Father, we really need your help today. As we open and tackle this subject, a believer's perspective on how we should vote. What is our voice when it comes to politics? And how do we approach when it comes to politics? Lord, we pray as we look at your scriptures, as we look at, Lord, what you say about this topic, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Excellent. Hey, just before I get into it, I got carried away, but before I get into it, just want to make a couple of announcements. It was Lionel and Margaret's uh, 44th wedding anniversary last week. Give them a big hand. Um, you know, it's very good. They've been married more than I've been alive, so there you go. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, just congratulate Margaret really more than Lionel. Yes. And when I called Tom, I was talking to Tom, and Tom said the same thing. It's all about Margaret. It's nothing to do with Lionel. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's good. Uh, yeah. And I just also want to say that uh, uh, Kay uh, Lopi has been unwell. She was taken to hospital last week. Uh, they suspected a heart attack, but praise God, it's not a heart attack. And so she's been released. She's at home resting. But pray for the church. Pray for one another. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. All right, cool. Let's get into it. A believer's perspective on how to vote. So why is it important for the church, which is you and I, to be concerned about politics? Why is it important for us to be concerned about politics? It is God has placed you and I here on earth to represent His nature and His character. Amen. And so, and so the politics, because the direction the nation goes, you go with that. And so, uh, so we got to, you and I are placed here to represent the nature and the character of God. And together, uh, we are to reflect the glory of God. And as a part of the body, we endeavor to represent God and His character in our community, in our city, and in our nation. Amen. So God wants us to, as a church, if we can reflect 
uh, the, the, the nature, the character of God in our community. Imagine a small one family changing another family, another family, two families are impacting four families. Four become eight, eight become 16, 16 become 32, 32 become 64, and you count the numbers. You and I can and have the power to influence and make a difference in our community. And Jesus is looking to you and I. Amen. Often our vision is so shallow that we think we are born to live, as I said, born to live, nine to five job, make some money, make some babies, live happily ever after. No, you and I are called to reflect the nature of God. Amen. So all kingdoms of, of the earth belong to God. Okay, let's look at some scriptures. Psalm 33 verse 12. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. The people he has chosen as his own inheritance. See, we will be called a blessed nation if God is the God of our nation. Amen. And so we as a church have a part to play in that. We preach about it, we talk about it, we share about it, we pray about it, and we live Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalm 22 verse 28 says, For the kingdom is the Lord's, and He rules over the nations. Amen. The kingdom is the Lord's, and He rules over the nations. So who is the ruler of this nation? Question mark. That means you have to please help me out here. Who is the ruler of this nation? It's good. You know, yes, the devil, and you don't get too theological, but God is the ruler of the nation. He is God, this nation, in His control. But He is wanting you and I to rise up, to shine, to stand up, and reflect the glory of God wherever He's placed you. Psalm 103 Verse 19 says, The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. The Lord has established His throne in heaven and His kingdom rules over all. Amen. In Micah chapter 4 verse 1, 2. Micah 4 verse 1 and 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days... That means in the last days, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. Now the mountains often in the Bible describe about government, strength, authority over nations. But I like it here is that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. That means, yes, there are nations, governance, authorities, they're all important, but there is a bigger governance and a greater authority that's going to establish above all the authorities, and that's the, that's the authority of Jesus Christ. That's the governance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, and shall be exalted above the hills, and the people shall flow to it. Many nations... Nations shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Do you know it is very sad today that we don't hear that? Where people are going, Come, let us go to the house of the Lord. 
Your safety is not in your little house that is about 250 or 350 or 150 square meters. Your safety is in the house of the Lord. Your safety is not in your six feet picket fence. Your safety is making Jesus Christ your refuge. Making Jesus Christ is your mighty tower. And so we don't hear that, come, let's go into the house of the Lord. That's why our government is saying church is just a social gathering. You and I, we've all been part of that. We're with the level one, level two, level three, level four. And church was the least concerned thing for the government. Because they said it's just a social gathering. When did we just, just become a social gathering? It's time for the church to rise up and put on the nature of God. Which is you and I. Church is the answer. Do you know church is involved from the womb to the tomb? Hello? You can either smile at me. You can at least give me some feedback. What are you looking at? But you can see, church is important. I said it a while ago. People look at the structure of the church. But I'm saying, look at the power of the church. Church is powerful. Church is not your social activity. Church is a design and a plan and, uh, from God. And your safety is in the house of the Lord. So come to the house of the Lord. Why? He will teach us His ways and we shall walk in His path. He will teach you His ways and you shall walk in His path. Come into the house of the Lord. For out of Zion, again, the kingdom of God, Zion, the kingdom of God, the presence of God, the authority of God that dwells in that place. And from out of Zion, the law shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Come to, for out of Zion, the law shall go forth. Every motivation, you look at the church history, there's a lot of God involved in nations. There's a lot of uh, biblical principles involved in nations. So you, we have a spiritual and a civil role as we live here on earth. It's not just spiritual, no, it's just the civil. You have a spiritual and a civil role. That's why you get to vote. And I encourage you, if you're 18 and above, and if you're eligible to vote, make sure you vote. I'm not here to tell you to vote for one party and not the other. No, that's not my role. But I am asking you that you vote to a party that is closer to God. Because your vote matters. Your voice matters. Amen. Okay, we approach... Uh, as we approach our uh, influence in politics, you know, we got to look at it. How do we approach this? We got to approach this whole politics with the bibliocentric approach. We got to look at what the Bible says. Because once you leave the authority of scriptures, we are not now left to our own perspective. And when we are left to our own perspective, our own personal opinion, and this is where we start to differ because it becomes about my opinion against your opinion. And you can see gradually our nation is slowly uh, diverting and walking away from God. 
And the more we walk away from God, the more, I'm telling you, give it five, sorry, 50, 100 years, we will completely become a godless nation. People are already saying we're a godless nation. When I was growing up, where I was growing up, when we heard about New Zealand, we thought, this, we got taught that New Zealand is a Christian nation. And growing up, we, we were forced to be taught on different nations and the culture. So we studied on the Maori culture. I think I know Maori culture more than some Kiwis here. It's quite fascinating. Uh, but um, uh, we also got taught, about, I mean, even just the name Christ Church is named after a city. What we were, wow, that's amazing. But somehow, over the time and decades, somehow we are drifting away from the truth of the Word of God. Our protection is when we are closer to Jesus Christ. Our healing for the nation is when we are closer to Jesus Christ. The more we walk away from God, the more we are walking in the flesh and we are invoking the, not the blessings of God. The Bible also talks about the curse of God when we walk away from God. So we've got to make sure that we take a biblical approach. The kingdom worldview is not in conflict uh, um, on who you should and shouldn't vote. Okay, God is not worried about who you should and you shouldn't vote in the sense of, um, you know, we've got two major parties here. God's per perspective really is tied with one perspective, and that is His glory in the context of His kingdom. He's not worried about this party or that party. He's worried about no matter what party, no matter what it is, are we reflecting the glory of God? Are we lifting the name of Jesus? Is this nation bowing its knee before its creator? And if the nation's not doing, then the church needs to bow its knee before its creator and intercede for the nation. Amen. Hello? God's perspective is tied with that one perspective. It's His glory in context with His kingdom. If you look at the children of Israel, they, God called them my chosen people. They were His chosen people. They were the worst, disobedient, grumbling, complaining, pain in the blessed assurance people. Yet God called them, called them, my chosen people. Yet, when they disobeyed, he led them into exile. He led them into exile. Why did he lead them into exile? Why did he let the Midianites, the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the parasites, the pesticides come and attack them? So that they can look to him and recognize and acknowledge the lordship of God. And to realize that my safety, my provision, my healing, my hope, my peace, my prosperity lies in the truth of the word of God. Amen. That's why we look at it. Every time they disobeyed, he released them into the hands of one of the Midianites or the knights. Okay. Uh, and, and when they repented and when they confessed their sins, he rescued them. God is not a mean God. He's not a mean God. He's a loving God. What He desires of you and I, that we trust in Him as a nation. And you and I are part of that nation. 
You know, there's national, there's labor, there's greens, there's, um, there's so many other parties, you know, but there are two major parties, right? We got the national, we got the labor, we got the capitalists, we got the socialists. Two major parties, two teams competing, two different values, motivations, two different focuses, two different perspectives. So you, who should we vote for? Who should we vote for? You know, this whole confusion of who should I vote for? I disagree with this, I disagree with this. There are some things I agree with this, some things I agree with this. But more than ever, this is the first time I really, really, really had to pray hard and say, God, who do I really vote for? Who do I vote for? And the question who I vote for is not because what can I get out of that government? It's not what I can get out of that government because, you know, interest-free loans uh, for student loan, interest oh, student loan, I'll vote for you. You know, young people vote, we want to get your vote. You get your vote, but then my, is my motivation because, who I can get free interest loan, so I'll vote for you. Yes, you may get free interest loan, but look at the overall society of what's happening to the society. Because, yes, you may vote now, but in 10 years' time, you're in that same society. Are you with me? So my perspective is not, what can I get out of you? My perspective is, God, who should I vote that is closer to the character and the nature and the reflection of God? Because what happens to this nation is in the hands of God. I got to trust in the sovereignty, in the righteous, just God who is still seated on the throne, that he has got this nation and every other nation in the palm of his hand. That's what I got to trust in. But my calling at the moment and my perspective is not because what I can get from national, what can I get from labor, what can I get from greens, what, I mean, there's... There are a lot of greens in greens. You know, what can I get from this party and that party? No. Listen, if the nation prospers, you prosper. Yes, I agree with that. But the prosperity is not just money. The prosperity is our emotional well-being. There's a spiritual well-being. And there's a, 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 and the, and the, and the physical well-being of the nation. So I'm asking you, maybe you voted. That's okay. If you haven't voted, get on your knees, please. And look for a party that is closer to the character of God. I'm not saying vote for this party or that for party. I am saying vote for a party that will reflect his nature, his character in the parliament down in Wellington. That will live the name of Jesus. That are not afraid to live the name of Jesus. And thus saith the Lord. And there are Christian people in the parliament. So the question we should be asking as believers, who should I vote for that will take us closer to godly values? To godly values. If, I tell you what, if, uh, uh, if one government says we're going to reduce the GST from 15% to 10%, everyone will vote for that government. 
Yes, they might do that because I've seen, I've been in a nation, where it's a small nation, very small nation, a small nation, and another nation went to this nation and said to this nation, let me help you with, with some infrastructures and buildings. And they said, yes, that would be lovely. And yes, they have established some big buildings, government buildings, but guess what? They're taking over the nation. So we've got to keep our eyes open and we've got to see that what God is doing, not just what the government is doing. What is God doing? And Dan talked on that. What is God doing? Can you see it? Spiritually, are you awake and alert? What, as a believer, what's coming out of your mouth? Are you saying, oh my goodness, this country is going down the gurgler? No, I stand and I declare righteousness. I stand and I declare peace. I stand and I declare a salvation over that parliament. In my flesh, I cannot see it. But in my spirit, I know that he is God. And he can the, open the eyes of those people that are so blinded out of selfish greed, out of selfish... Two parties fighting over each other, bickering constantly on live TV. That turns your stomach. What do we do? Do we turn the TV off? No, we intercede for them. There is power in intercession. Don't sit around, oh, James, did you hear what the Labour government, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, national, oh, yeah. Don't make it a bigger morning whinging session. Start talking about God and start praying Christ over our nation. Amen. So two questions, you know, that's it. So the question, bring God values and so we become a nation that can come um, closer to God. And I thought it's a great way to use an example. So I thought you'll use rugby. You know, that's a national sport, right? Rugby has to be the fabric of our nation. Amen. So I've got two. Uh, I've got the All Blacks here. Please give a hand to the big All Black here. Yes. And, um, and I've got the South African there. <laughs> Please come here. You know. Uh, just pray that they will behave, okay? Just pray that they will behave. Uh, so, <laughs> all right. I wish this was a comedy show. We have got a bit of time, but I have to preach. Yeah. So, you know, when you play a, when you play a sport, especially rugby, there are two teams on the field. There are two teams. Right now, we've got the All Blacks and we've got the Springboks on the team. You know, they, they, these two teams, uh, uh, we focus on these two teams. These two teams have different goals, different uh, game plan. G -g <laughs> See, the, the, the goal is to win. The goal is to attack, infiltrate, find weak areas, pull them down to win the game. Two teams, just like in the politics, there are two major teams right now. But you see, there is a third team that no one really notices much while they're playing rugby. The third team is the officials, what we call the referees. There are three people, one on each side and one in the middle. There are a team of people. They're, they're, they're on the field but they are not of the field. They're in the midst of the conflict, but they're not allowed to be part of the conflict. Are you with me? 
The referee, come here, referee. So, so while these two, while these two act immature and punching each other, so we, I had to get a jersey. I did get a referee jersey, but I thought I'll rub it in by getting a Crusaders jersey. Hey, Tom, is he rubbing you in now? Yeah, good. So he's the referee. Referee's in the middle. So now the referee, he is on the field, but he's not of the field. He's in the midst of the conflict, but he's not allowed to be part of the conflict. Amen. Are you, are you following me? Yes, because he is obligated to a different set of rules. Right? He's not watching the game going, go the All Blacks, yes, yes. No, 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 no. He's operating with a different set of rules. He has a job to do. Right? He's coming with a different set of rules. And his job is to bring fairness and justice in the game. Amen. He is playing one-night fairness, you know, one-night fair. And, and because, because the, the, the referees, they represent a higher set of rules. Yes, they are in confined with the game of rugby, but they have their own rules. They have their own power that they have to execute. They have a higher set of rules. And can we call, for sake, a higher kingdom perspective? They're seeing the game with a different perspective. Amen. I love when they play soccer. You know, and he's tackling it probably feet away and he's still, you know, oh, my leg. And he falls and, you know, drama, Hollywood. You know, it's amazing what guys can do on the field. See, they, these guys, they're operating from a different book. They make their own rules. They make their rules by the book. They have a different book. They have to abide by that book. Just in the same manner, we, you and I, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Amen. We operate from a different mindset. Different motivation, different conviction, different principles, and different perspective. Are you with me? See, he is coming from a different mindset, different motivation. While these guys are fighting and bickering, he is watching that they play a fair game. Amen. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are in this world, but we don't operate as the world operates, but we have a different set of rules that we abide by. Amen. We see the game completely different than the way these guys are seeing the game. The way they see the game is completely different to the way he sees the game. And I believe God wants us to be that way. That we see things differently. That we see things with righteousness, with fairness, with justice, with godliness, and with purity and holiness. And when you see those things, guess what? Your mouth speaks what's really in your heart. Amen. And I believe the referee, King Jesus, hold this place. At this point, just... <laughs> All right. What do you want to use there, James? What car do you want to use? <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. 
But give them a hand, please. Give them a hand. Thank you, guys. But you see, you see, I, I believe at this point, God is looking at us as a nation and nations and is showing us a yellow card. A yellow card is saying, he's cautioning us. He's asking us, hey, hey, stay alert. God is saying, stay alert. Stay awake. I'm cautioning you. I'm cautioning you. You better watch out. I'm cautioning you because there will come a day when I will show you the red card. And the red card, the Bible teaches that he will come back one day. We believe in a Savior who was born a virgin birth. We believe in a Savior who died and rose again on the third day. But we struggle to believe in a Savior who will come back as a judge. He is going to come back one day. And he is going to look at you and he's going to give you the red card. Now don't be a good Christian and go, that's the blood of Jesus. <laughs> it cleanses me from all unrighteousness. No, it's too late. Don't wait till you see the red card. He's giving, you the, he's giving us a caution. Don't live that way. Don't see that way. Don't say that way. Don't talk that way. He's calling you. He's cautioning you. Will you heed to this before it's too late where you will sit in the sin bin? Not for 15 minutes, my friend. We will sit in the sin bin for 15 plus 15 plus 15 plus 15. You counted for eternity. Don't be so caught up in your own world that you lose the perspective of why God has placed you here on earth. Don't be caught up in your own little, building your own kingdoms that you forget to build thy kingdom. He's cautioning us. You and I have a part to play in this nation, my friend. You and I have a part to play in your society, in your neighborhood, in your community. You and I have, can make a difference. Can you believe that God really wants you to be an influencer? Not influenza. Influencer. Don't spread the virus. Spread the joy. Christmas is coming. Let's say if my life is falling apart. And I'll have to give you, if you come to me and say, look, my wife, uh, my wife, my life is falling apart. Uh, my wife is not falling apart, but my life is falling apart. And uh, I am struggling. I can't make my life work, not my wife work, you know, my life work. I can't make my life amount for something. When, if you come to me with those questions, you know what I will do? I will look at your problems through the biblical standpoint and say, let's look at what the Bible says. And I will try to help you. And I'll try to give you some scriptures to say, if you want your life to get right, start obeying God. And I will urge you to obey God, to surrender, submit yourself to the authority of the word of God. Amen. Because in his word, there is safety. And if you come, if you, if you bring your family, your marriage, your home, and you say that my marriage is not working. You know, I'm a good guy, but my wife is not good. That's a joke. 
Okay, my marriage is not working. My children are not working. My family setup is really shambolic. I just can't make my family work. When you come to, with, to me with that problem, I will take you back to the scripture. Because the scripture holds answers to our families. Amen. Just like that, in the same way, if you say in the church, or, you, or you know, my church is not working well, then the church leadership needs to look at the scriptures. And if it's a business, and you say, my business, you know, it's not working, or my business. I, I actually have met people who have not made money and gone into depression, and who have made money and have still gone into depression. They've made so much money, they don't know what to do with it. And there came a point where they made so much money that the money was taking them away from their children. It's interesting. So if it's your business, then I'll say, let's look at the scripture. So it's the same thing when we talk about our nation, we got to look at it from a scriptural point of view. And say, what does the scripture say about the church? What does the scripture say about how we need to uh, be a voice in our community and our nation? You know, our party, they have our, our, our governments and parties, they have their own agenda, they have their own plans. And um, yet they are bickering at each other and still can't lead this nation or in, in harmony and in unity. But as we pray as a church, we pray, we vote prayerfully, then we have a voice. When things don't go the way we want them to go, God does not throw the book out. God doesn't throw the book out, just like in rugby. When things are not going the way they are going, the referee doesn't throw the book out and go, all right, you know, Don, all blacks, you've been running a lot, so I might as well give you another point, you know, because you bought me a picnic bar, I'll give you another point. No, you don't throw the book out, but when things are not going well, you refer to the book and say, what does the rules say? We, because we want to bring fairness to the game. God is not throwing the book out, trying to bring a new book in. No, he's trying to bring us uh, an awakening in you and I so that we are awakened to where the nation is going. Don't look back and go, oh my goodness, back in my day, that you know, we used to be this, not anymore. No, you and I have a role to play. We are not a spectator, we are a participant. <clears throat> kingdom voting is both, uh, uh, is both responsible, it, it, kingdom voting is both uh, responsibility and opportunity to partner with God in expansion of His rule in the society through our civil government. It's an opportunity and a partnership with God to expand His kingdom. This is where we include God's person, God's policies, God's values, God's principles in our society. Amen. He desires we partner with God. And the scriptures teach us that we partner with God. You know, for example, to heal our land. To bring healing to our land. He calls us to pray. And you read that in 2 Chronicles 
It says, if my people are called by my name. Now, are you called by his name? Are you a child of God? If you're a child of God, he's asking you to humble yourself. He's not asking you to go do a rally. He's asking you to humble yourself. Pray and seek my face. Pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. That means your selfish ways, your selfish agendas. Turn from your wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will what? Forgive their sins and heal their land. Man, this need, this land needs healing. This land is a need. It's groaning. The earth is groaning and it needs its healer. And it only comes when you and I who bear the name of Jesus can actually go humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our sinful ways. From our prideful ways. God will heal our land. Amen. I better keep going. So we have to return to Him, not just lip service, but with our hearts. And the closer we are to the Bible, the better we are as a society. Because the Bible teaches us how to be good husbands. The Bible teaches us how to be good wives. The Bible teaches us how to be good citizens. The Bible teaches us how to be good businessmen. The Bible teaches you how to be a good, good employee. The Bible, because when, when you make Bible your foundation, then you are an example in your society, a great example in your society. And God wants you to partner with Him to glorify His name and expand His kingdom. You know, God is running the kingdom. He is running this nation. Yes, he's appointed a prime minister. He's appointed a cabinet minister. He's appointed member of parliament. But he is still running this nation. Do you believe that? Amen. Daniel 2.21 says, And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. It is God who removes kings and raises up kings. It's yes, your vote. That's why your vote is important too, because you're partnering with God. Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes it. The heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. Talking about in the, back in the old days, they led as kings over nations and kingdoms and king, kings. But God holds the heart of the king is in the palm of his hand. So this, these two scriptures tell me that he is running the show. God is running the show. So let's get excited. God is running the show. God is still in control. God is in control of this nation. Amen. There are specific implications Implications to specific policies. It involves your vote because you're voting for a nation and its direction and its future. And its future is our future. Its peace is our peace. Its success is our success. And its prosperity is our prosperity. Jeremiah 29, 7 says that, And seek the peace of the city 
where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray for the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. This is a promise that God was talking through the prophet Jeremiah when he led the children of Israel into captivity, into exile. And he's saying, while you live in exile, don't uh, hide away from the world, go into the world, multiply, marry, plant trees, you know, plow the field, make business, commerce, economics, and all that stuff, but make sure that you pray for the peace. Because if the city prospers, you prosper. You have a role today, child of God. You have a role not to sit there and bicker about it. You have a role today to lift the name of Jesus. The voice above all voices. The banner above all banners. The flag that is above all flags is the kingdom of God. The righteousness of God will lift His name. Amen. You don't vote because you feel like voting. You vote because you want to glorify God. I've brought up in a church where they'd say, you know, never get involved with politics. Never get involved in politics. But I'm saying, my goodness, yes, I don't want to get involved in politics, but my vote matters. My prayer matters. My voice matters. Your voice matters. Because I tell you what, it's not just about us. It's the future to come. Don't just cut and paste on Facebook. May you live it out. I love it in Joshua, uh, Joshua 5. You know, God promised Joshua victory over the walls of Jericho. And, um, and you see that here in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13 and 14. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, Are you friend or foe? Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. And at this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What, you, what do you want your servant to do? Now this is in Joshua chapter 6. We see that uh, there are, God gives him a, a, a plan and strategy on how to overcome the walls of Jericho. And then but before that, here is a man that appears and Joshua goes to him and says, Are you for me or for him? It's like, God, are you for labor or are you for national? And God is saying, wait a minute, I'm not for national, I'm not for labor. Neither. I'm on his side. If you talk to God, God, whose side are you? Are you on the national or are you for labor? He will say, neither. I am the I am. I am after my righteousness. I am after my character that will display upon the nation. Amen. I love the word, neither. In New King James, it says, no. He's saying no. You say, whose side are you? He's saying no. I looked at the Greek meaning of the word no. I looked at the Hebrew meaning of the word no. And the meaning is no. It's a no. Don't complicate it. Don't study too much. It's a no. What do you mean by a no and no? Is that like a no or a no or a real no, no? It's just a no. Oh, but, but, but what about, what about, what about, I'm not doing it, but I'm just watching it. No. 
but 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 I'm not swearing it. But I am. Uh, I'm using the word heck instead of another word. No. Oh, but what about? But well, you know, it's not a lie, but it's a white lie. No. Are you with me? He's on his side. I hope it's encouraging you. Come out in Jesus' name. You know, some people pick righteousness, some people pick justice. Some emphasize life in the womb, some pick justice to the tomb. We need to pick and choose as though God is critical in the matter of voting. He rules. We get to partner with him. You are my people. That's what he's saying. No party will totally give its full allegiance to you. Only God does. And with Joshua, the strategy was odd, but a supernatural victory. Amen. In March this year, Andrew Little, our MP, while he was speaking on the law, uh, on abortion law amendment, he said, law should reflect the way people live their lives. That deeply concerned me. I'm quoting his words. He said, law should reflect the way people live their lives. Law should not reflect the way people live their lives. I'm glad I was not next to him. Because I would be praying for him. No, if that is the case, if all of a sudden I decide to just come and just boom, boom, boom you all and say, oh, Peter wants to live like that. Let's make a law that makes him live like that. We become Wild West country once again. But if you really look at it, God's law is that we live, our lives live, the lives we live should reflect the law of God. Amen. Our lives should reflect the way the Bible teaches us and God desires us to live. Yes, but young people, your future is on the line right now. I'm young too, by the way. Just, just to put it out there. But your future is on the line. Don't be so naive. We sang, open the eyes of my heart. Pray God open my eyes. My future is in your hands. But these guys, you have authorized them to lead this country. Don't just vote because you get a gold card. I covered the gold card. I hear all the perks you have on the gold card. But my friend, this is our nation right now. These are some of our leaders. And they are saying, law should reflect the way people live their lives. They are talking about euthanasia. They're ta talking about cannabis. They're talking about things which has to concern us, not to a point where we grumble about it, that we bow our knee. Amen. We call upon the name that is above all names. The name that is so holy. The name that is so pure. The name that is so mighty. Where every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. I call upon that name and I say, God have mercy on my nation.
Lord, I intercede. You've given me an example. You said you were looking for at least one person righteous so you can save Sodom. God, here we are as a church, as the church in New Zealand. We are crying out to you with our knees, Lord, bowed down with our head to, our, to the ground. And we are saying, Lord Jesus, have mercy on our nation. Lord, I pray that somehow you will draw us back to you. Lord, I pray that you turn our hearts towards you. That we will not walk away from you and be more cold and be more hard at heart. But Lord, that we will turn towards you. We pray for the beehive. We pray for the parliament. We pray for every MP. God, I pray the fear of God. I pray over our prime minister. Lord, I pray salvation over her. Bless, not curse.